hugely biased, but thank you. No, please, stop, stop cheering and agreeing. Um, yeah, 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 too late now. It's too late. It's just tokenistic. Um, anyway, great to uh, see you all. You doing okay? Yeah, good, good. Excellent. Um, uh, yeah, we just had um, like an odd bit of money given um, to us. We had paid off a, a, a credit card. We sometimes move money around like the interest-free type things. And we'd um, paid off the credit card, this particular credit card, like how long ago? Over a year ago? Over a year ago. And then we got um, a, a letter last week saying, oh, you overpaid by 800 quid. Like, <laughs> don't think we did, but okay. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they're paying us that money back, um, which is really kind of... Of course, it's just another... Co- no, 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 no. I mean, it's just another coincidence, obviously. Just yet another one. Anyway, is there someone here, just as we get started, as we were finishing... Sorry, I've got she knows. As we were finishing the worship, um, I wondered if someone has got a, a stomach issue that has been recently diagnosed. I, I felt like in the last week or two... Uh, I mean, I know it would be brave to put your hand up, but put your hand up because I think God wants to see it healed. So... A stomach issue that's just been recently diagnosed. Yeah, brilliant. Can we, can we just pray for you? Would you mind? Um, you won't be on camera, don't worry. The cameras will just point at the Bible or something. But anyway. Come on, let's, let's gather around. Can we a few people? Let's come and gather around. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Complete healing, Lord. Complete healing to this stomach issue. Lord, fullness of life. Your plan, nothing missing, nothing broken. Yeah, wholeness, Lord. Yes, God. Yes, God. I see like, um, this is going to be weird, but like a holy Gavascon. <laughs> um, <laughs> like... Soothing, calming, <laughs> restoring. It's better than Gaviscon. It's, it's restoring. Thank you, God. Yes, thank you, Lord. Were you in any pain at all? Um, off and on, yeah. Off and on. Okay, how are you feeling right now? You couldn't really say. You couldn't say? Okay, you can tell us. It's okay. No, no, no. <laughs> Uh, we, we'll it's, touch base with you again at the end. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris, yeah. Well, let's pray that's gone, yeah. completely gone. Yeah. Thank you, God. Yeah. yeah, amen for that. Yes, hoorah. Thank you, God. <laughs> Thank you, God. Um, we love to see people healed because that's what God's plan is, is wholeness and completeness. We love to see people healed of shame as much as we love to see people healed of a busted knee and those kinds of things. And, and some people, I understand there is some cynicism sometimes about healing. Oh, well, I pray for so-and-so and she died. Sure, we're in a war. It's just not, God is not just a push-button God. It doesn't work like that. God's, it, but just because we don't always see the things that we see, it doesn't mean that's not God's will. I mean, you only have to look around to see that what's happening on the earth now is definitely so much is not God's plan, eh? That's pretty obvious. But I do know this. If you don't pray for anyone, you never see anyone healed. So it may be that you just have to do the maths. John Wimber 
who inadvertently started the vineyard movement, he prayed for nearly 100 people before he saw the first person healed. So that's quite a challenge because it's not, it's not God's arm is too short. It's our faith just needs developing, that's all. So um, anyway, you can have that for free. Um, so big people, here it goes. It's going to come up on the screen. Uh, yeah, brilliant. Thank you very much to the wonderful people in the booth. It is summer holidays. Uh, it is this six, well, five weeks, actually, of August. And so we have all kinds of people doing all kinds of jobs that they don't normally do. So there's some people up the back stairs. Hurrah to you on the, on the stream desk up the top. And we have people doing lights and sound and visuals. And, oh, my goodness, there's people everywhere. Chris Tatton is on camera at the back. Like, what is happening in the world? So, well done, Chris. Fabulous. Seems to be doing all right. I've got no idea, but it seems to be doing all right. So we're doing this series during the summer called Big People, and we are going to have to fly through this today. Um, so what is big people? Well, it is people who are living out the fullness of all God has for them. They are big people. So they may not be big people in the world's eyes. Some of these people may never get a Wikipedia entry. Seems to be the, the hallmark of whether, you know, they're a significant person. Are they on Wiki? No, they're not. But they can be a big person nonetheless, even if you don't make it ever into Wikipedia. Our cities and our towns will not be transformed by having big churches, but by having big people who know who they are in God and they are living out the fullness of everything God designed them to be. So I'm going to say that again. We are not looking to try and establish big church but instead looking to grow big people, living out the fullness of what God has for them. So we're looking at various biblical characters over the next few weeks. They're not necessarily big people that, like you think of all the, the kind of greats, if you like, Moses. I mean, Moses was a legend, right? He's amazing. And when I get up there, he is definitely on my list to go and have a chat with him um, when I get up off my face. But anyway, I, I, I'm looking forward to going and having a chat with him. But we deliberately picked... If you like, some smaller characters who have stepped into a big moment. So I have... Um, oh, I'll come on to who I've got in a minute. Let me, I don't want don't to rush ahead too fast. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> and we're done. Thank you very much, everyone. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the equivalent to turning the lights out, isn't it, really? Um, can I have the next slide up, if at all possible? If not, don't worry. It may appear in a minute. There we are. Amazing. Thank you so much. Um, So this is really how we grow through process and crisis, or if you prefer different language, they're not quite the same. There's nuanced differences, training and test. So what I mean is um, this. Think, Think marathon runner. The marathon runner will do lots of process, lots of training, lots of practice, lots of developing the, I'll call it developing the skills, the stamina, the whatever. And then there is a crisis, well, a testing moment. Let's go for training and test. There is a testing moment, which is the race, the day. In much the same way, there there is process and then you have a crisis moment. Crisis in this context, it doesn't have to necessarily be a bad crisis as such. It's just crunch time. So I think this, I'm saying this later on, but I'm not. I'm going to say it right now. For example, 
if you don't, if we don't practice integrity, then when the crunch moment comes, we are probably going to really struggle to make a good choice. If we don't practice courage, then when courage is really needed, we're probably not going to make a good choice. That's the process that reaches us to a crisis point. Anyway, I've got loads of reading to do. It's this. I haven't bothered putting it on the screen. Oh, is it me? Anyway, if I could have the next... The, oh, oh my word. Yes, that's the right one. Brilliant. So listen, I'm going to read this quite fast. This is the story of Rahab. Um, and it's from the book of Joshua uh, in chapter 2. Then Joshua, son of Nun, I'm avoiding all those jokes, secretly sent two spies out from a very controversially named place. He, look it up later, go look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. I've got questions already. Anyway, the king of Jericho was told, look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent this message to Rahab, bring out the men who came to you and entered your house because they have come to spy out the land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. She said, yes, the men came to me, but I didn't know where they'd come from. At dusk, when it was time to close the city gate, they left. I don't know which way they went, but go after them quickly. You may catch up with them. But she'd taken them up to the roof and hidden them under the stalks of flax she had laid out on the roof. So the men set out in pursuit of the spies on the road that leads to the fords of the Jordan. And as soon as the pursuers had gone out, The gate was shut. Before the spies laid down for the night, she went up on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land and that a great fear of you has fallen on all of us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to Sihon and Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. When we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. Now, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I've just shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father, mother, brothers and sisters and all who belong to them and that you will save us from death. Our lives for your lives, the men assured her. If you don't tell what we're doing, we will treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord gives us this land. So she let them down by a rope through the window, for the house she lived in was part of the city wall. And she said to them, go to the hills, so the pursuers will not find you. Hide yourselves there three days until they return, and then go on your way. Now the men had said to her, This oath you made us swear will not be binding unless when we enter the land you have tied this scarlet cord in your window through which you let us down. And unless you have brought your father, mother, brothers and all your family into into your house, if any of them go outside into the street, their blood will be on their own heads. We will not be responsible. As for those who are in the house with you, their blood will be on our head. If a hand is laid on them, If a hand is laid on them, sorry. But if you tell what we are doing, this oath is finished. Agreed, she replied. 
Let it be as you say. So she sent them away and they departed and she tied the scarlet cord in the window. When they left, they went into the hills and stayed there three days until the pursuers had searched all along the road and returned without finding them. Then the two men started back. They went down out of the hills, forded the river and came to Joshua, son of Nun, and told him everything that had happened to them. They said to Joshua, the Lord has surely given the whole land into our hands. All the people are melting in fear because of us. Go on a few chapters. A trumpet sounded, army shouted, walls collapsed. Joshua feared the bad love, Jericho, that thing. Joshua said to the two men who had spied out the land, go into the prostitute's house and bring her out and all who belong to it in accordance with your oath to her. So the young men who had done the spying went in and brought out Rahab, her father, mother, brothers, sisters, and all who belonged to her. They brought out her entire family and put them in a place outside the camp of Israel. Da, 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 da. But Joshua spared Rahab the prostitute with her family and all who belonged to her because she hid the men Joshua had sent as spies to Jericho. And she lives among the Israelites to this day. Not now, obviously, to this day when that was written. So Rahab, <laughs> she was um, a prostitute. We all know what one of them is. A harlot, if you prefer King James translation. Someone who sells their body and integrity for sex. Because she's broken. Because she is a bit of a wheeler dealer. Sees some opportunities. We don't know. Some historians describe her as an innkeeper. But we think that might be to spare her historical blushes somewhat. So you've got two men, young men, from another people group, an enemy people group, arrive at her door. She lets them in to her, in with benefits. Um, why go there? It just doesn't say. We don't know. I mean, it could have been a good place if there were people coming in and out. If it was an inn, we don't know whether she was still a prostitute or whether that was just a label that she still had. We don't know any of this. But it was in the city wall, and that's significant. Either way, the men were spotted and rumoured to have gone into Rahab's place. The king hears about it. The king sends an envoy to the house and says, I want those two fellas out. The king of Jericho then demands that they come out. She then completely lies and instead hides them under piles of this. If you prefer, this is not working on the podcast. If you're on the podcast, we're looking at flax. Uh, and then when you dry it, it looks a bit more like this. So maybe, maybe she, this was a little job she did on the side, some flax drying. We don't know. Maybe this was now her main job. Maybe this was her only job. We don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us. So she sends the envoys off, claiming the young spies had left. And eventually, having done a deal, she lowers the spies down. She's on the outside wall, so she can lower them outside of a window, outside of the city wall. And she does a deal with them. She is one smart cookie. So smart, she recognises that these spies have a God on their side who she would do well to be on the side of. In a moment, she spots, I'm on the losing side. 
suddenly, in this moment, this prostitute, I don't like labelling, but that's what she keeps being called, but this prostitute becomes a person of peace. And Jesus says, when he sends people out, go and find a person of peace. Go into that, go into that town, into that region, into that place, and look for a, essentially a person of peace, which is a person who is supernaturally inclined by God to help you. I needed one this week. Last Saturday morning, we lost electricity in our house. We thought it was a power cut. It was. Turns out it was only to our house. Um, and there was a problem outside in the road, it transpired. So we had a generator outside our house. And we were told, likely to be Monday that someone would come. When I say generator, I mean massive, like size of my downstairs, loo size, bigger generator. And it's providing all our electricity. And if you didn't mind the chugging away of the diesel, ironically, to power or charge an electric bike, then there was some irony in that. But anyway, we, we, we pushed through. But then Monday came and no one started digging up anything outside. And then I thought, oh, just, I'm just going to ring. And then Tuesday came and thought, oh, yeah, I'm just going to ring again. UK Power Networks, hello. Um, thinking, we're going on holiday soon and we don't really want to leave the house with a cable running through our letterbox, which is what we had, a big fat cable running through our letterbox to give us power. And so I'd spoken to three different people. They were actually brilliant. UK Power Networks, if you're out there and watching, you were really good early on, lost your way a bit in the middle, came good at the end. Anyway, um, and so I said to God, I need a person of peace because the people were saying, look, I can't see that kind of information on this computer. I'm so sorry. Being really polite about it, but basically, I don't know. And I said, God, I need a person of peace. I just need someone there who will listen, who will get it, who's with me. And so I rung up and I got this lady called um, Jo and she said, I can see your problem. Could we just switch your electrics off? Uh, no. What do I do about my house alarm and my freezer? Good point, she says. Um, she said, well, I used to be on the generator team. There's a whole team that does the jennies, as they call them, outside our house. And um, she said, I'm going, to, I'm going to go and speak to my manager and I'm going to call you back. Um, and see what I can do. So she goes and speaks to the manager. She called me back. <laughs> Person of peace right there. And she said, you're not going to like this. It might not be done for a fortnight. I thought, do I cry? Do I cry now openly in front of her? And I said, I just, that's just not going to work. We're going on holiday. Is there nothing you can do? Please. We, just, we need more favour here. I said, listen, I understand that probably somewhere there's a little old lady who hasn't got electricity and that really matters and please fix her electricity. But can you please come and fix ours too? She said, I'm going to go back to my manager. I thought, you're good, I like you. And then I had the manager, Toby, ring me. And then Toby ended up saying, I've put you on a special list. <laughs> I didn't ask any more details, but I was on a special list. Um, and in the end, he said, <laughs> he described it as, it's a, it's a special list of people who need more attention. <laughs> well, you know, I'll take that. Um, and anyway, the good news was, we ended up on the old lady without electricity list, effectively. Um, and the very next day, there were men there, even before Toby had a chance to ring me back, there were men there at 7 o'clock, 7.30 in the morning, they started... Long story, it's kind of fixed. We've just got massive holes. That's a different team. And then they'll send out the tarmac team. That's a different team. And then the reseeding team to reseed our front, reseed our front lawn. 
different team again. Anyway, person of peace, Rahab. There we go. Back in. So, so becoming a big person. We haven't got long, my word. Um, so the process, this is really odd because we talking about process and crisis and we get that and we are being transformed to being like God and, and to being like Jesus. And there is a practice to that. There is a working out, our salvation. And then you've basically got a prostitute who's kind of doing her thing. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, she steps into this moment. So I was saying to God, God, Rahab, why did I say I would do Rahab? What is her process? I felt God say to me, wheeling and dealing. That was her process. Because the amazing thing is, you can have wrong motives, but God is bigger than that and is still training you. And so here we have, she's a wheeler dealer. She's used to seeing men, I assume, in in the middle of the night, you know, ducking, diving, bobbing, weaving, all that stuff. She's used to sailing pretty close to the wind. She was shrewd, she was sharp. She was quick-witted. She lets the men in. There's a knock at the door. She hides them upstairs. In that moment, she could have just gone like that. I'm out. Yes, they're upstairs like that. She would have probably been in trouble. Maybe. They definitely would have been. But in that moment, she chooses to lie. She chooses to deceive people. Having said only about two weeks ago, there's no such thing as a white lie, which I, and I stand by that. <laughs> Somehow, she had this opportunity in front of her to step into that was life-changing, even for you and me. And I'll tell you a bit more about that in a minute. So there are other people, we have some of these life-changing moments. Sometimes we know about them, sometimes we don't, like... I remember reading about a person who'd overslept on, um, on the night of 10th of September 2001 and they were late into work and never made it into work because the World Trade Centres had already come down. Or the person who was never meant to go to the party but they did and they met their wife there and 50 years later you know, they're still married, that sort of thing. But to some extent, that isn't a deliberate stepping in. That's one of those things. God's hand, I'm sure, is in it. So some of you may have listened to the podcast, the Knowing God podcast that we released with um, Don Temple. And he tells a story in there of a lady called Flea who had leukemia and was basically due to be dead within two weeks. And Don and Don's father-in-law prayed for her. 11.56, if you've heard the story. I think it was 11.56. If you haven't heard the story, honestly, find that podcast. I don't think I've ever had so much feedback from a podcast ever, like by miles. Anyway, Don and his dad chose to step in in that moment. His father-in-law, I beg your pardon, chose to step in in that moment. Changed that woman's life. She was completely healed of leukemia, completely healed of leukemia. She didn't go into remission. It never came back. They stepped in and it changed her life. So the process, the training for Don and his father-in-law, what was that? Well, I doubt that was the first time they prayed. Like we said, you have to practice. You have to keep going. You have to keep going. You have to keep going. You have to say to people, 
Help me. Why am I seeing this? If you're a marathon runner, I gather, I've never done it, one of the best things you can do is speak to other marathon runners. What do I do? I keep getting like a bit of a pain up here. Oh, yeah, 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 you need to do this, that thing. Well, I prayed for that person. They died. So what are you going to do about it? Sit in your disappointment for the next 20 years or go again? Second one's the answer, by the way. So just, just sorry. Helping you out. We're getting short on time. Um, so anyway, Rahab was this big person. We're going to have to completely finish. But the point is, in these critical moments, even though she was frankly self-seeking, she lied, she deceived, she still stepped into a moment that she saw and God was able to use it. Now, can I go on to the Rahab's faith slide, please? It says, by faith in Hebrews 11, by faith the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. By faith? Yeah, she had to put some faith. She had to become sure of what she couldn't see. Faith doesn't work only if you know God. You know faith works, right? That's why when people are worrying and they're just speaking out the same lies over and over and over, all they're doing is just confessing with their, with their mouths what their heart is believing. It works in all directions. Job, that which I have feared has come upon me, it says at the beginning of Job. Ooh, can of worms. Anyway, um, Rahab was sure of what she believed for. She says, when we heard your God has been doing what your God has been doing, our hearts melted in fear and everyone's courage fell because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. So, grateful to Rahab. We need to be grateful to Rahab because by some incredible miracle, she ended up in Jesus' bloodline. What a turnaround. She stepped in. Many lives were changed. Her life was changed. Our lives were changed because she stepped in. Now, there is some um, rabbinic writings that claim, firstly, that she was one of the four most beautiful women that ever lived. Discuss, I don't know. Um, but also in rabbinic culture, they say that actually she went on to marry Joshua. I don't know whether that's true. It's not in the Bible, but it could be true. In that moment, she stepped in. She was willing to step up, not duck out. And lives were changed. And so I encourage us, let's do the same. Let's step up not step out. Let's get in the thick of it. Rarely have lives been changed from the comfort of an armchair. So let's stand. We've got one minute. We're going to pray. My best one minute prayer I've ever prayed. I thank you, God. Anyone can become a big person, no matter what our past is or even what our now is. I thank you, God, you invite us to take our place in your story. God, our cities, workplaces and families will not be transformed by having big churches, but by us growing into big people. God, full of your spirit and living out everything you have for us. We thank you, God, that in that moment, Rahab stepped in.
may we do the same. Thank you, God. Amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast today, and we hope you enjoyed it. For more information, visit ashfordvineyard.org or maybe drop into something if you're nearby. In the meantime, have a great week and know just how loved you are.